Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because we are live across podcast and people can hear us on our podcast and they can hear us all over the world at the moment. We're in about 20 different countries and I just want to say thank you very much to all the people overseas that are listening to our podcast and of course everybody here in Adelaide who are or across Australia listening to Radio Italia Uno on 87.6 FM. We are coming to you from 2 till 3 every Monday afternoon and of course on podcast thanks to Podcast City and Ron. Thanks, Ron. My uh, guest in the studio here is Matt, of course. Matt, thank you for coming in. Glad to be here. Yep, and we, I'll introduce our special guest in a minute. But first of all, I do want to say thank you. I know that we've had a couple of different people on our show from different walks of life, and it was important to understand that sometimes I say something accidentally on purpose or whatever, and some people do get upset or think that I'm being controversial. Well, I don't intend to be controversial intentionally, but if you get upset at something I say, please let me know. And a couple of the people have. But what is really interesting is I said something on one of the shows and then somebody else was friends of friends listening to it and other people said, I've heard this show and it's sort of uh, spread out. And uh, it's interesting to see the way this sort of show grows where people listening to it and say how our guests are giving very good information and they should know about it, so they share it with their friends, and I encourage everybody to do that. What happened was somebody heard something that I said that thought was a bit controversial and made a comment on my Facebook page that I was being uh, a bit different. And surprisingly enough, or thank you enough, to all the people that supported me, because obviously they said, we don't know this guy, we don't know who he is or who she is, but they didn't agree with it. So, you know, I'm happy to be chastised if I've done something wrong, but also I want to just say thank you to all the people that supported me and supported what we were saying and our intentions. And that's why I'm saying to Matt, and that's what I say to Ron here in the studio all the time, my intentions for the show or our intentions for the show is to help people grow their business, to help people be happy in business, to help people stay happy and working happy. And we've just done a podcast with James Salerno from Ringers Western and you know he's got 80 odd staff and he was just saying how his number one priority is looking after his staff and if his staff are happy, then of course all the customers will be happy. And if they've got a conflict with the customers, they fix it up straight away. And this is really important. And Matt's made the point that too many people are there for the profit and not for the profitability of the business. You know, they're looking for that and they don't look after their staff as well or they don't look after their customers as well. But so that, I just want to say that. So thank you very much to the people that sent information about that. So Matt, welcome. We um, we have a special guest, and it's Ash. I'll say this: Ashish, Ashish Wagley. Ashish Wagley is the director of Boomerang. Welcome, Ashish. Good morning, Peter. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yep. Good morning. And uh, you, I've introduced you here to Matt. That's that's Matt there. Hello, Ashish. Yes. 
and he'll be, he'll be asking questions as well. Yeah. And that's Ron over there who's recording it for us. Hey, Ron. And uh, we're here on uh, Zoom. So if the quality of the sound is not as good as everybody expects, it's because of the fact that we're doing it from the studio by Zoom. And because of the COVID, we have to protect everybody and we're trying to keep minimum number of people in the studio and our guests as safe as we possibly can. So, Ashish, tell us a little bit about... You came to Australia from Nepal, so you're Nepalese? Yes, yes. Good. I was born in Nepal. Yep. You... And I came here in 1998 after my finishing my high school. Okay. And you came here to study? Yes, yes. At, I at... came here to study yep. business. Yep. And you studied here in Adelaide? I did my first year in Perth. Yep. So I landed in Perth. Yep. And after that, I came to Adelaide in 1999. Great. And you've been here ever since. <laughs> and we're not going to let you go. Yeah, ever since. <laughs> so now, after you've finished work or finished your studies, you, you worked for the government for a little while. You qualified as an accountant, I believe. Yes, yes. Obviously, I worked many jobs while I was studying. And after studying, I did start as training, uh, training as an accountant. But soon I got into a graduate position with the Auditor General's Department, mm -hmm. the South Australian government. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then you started Boomerang. You you saw that there was a need for Boomerang or the education. Is that right? Yes. Tell yes. Us, tell uh, us so how obviously, having come here as an international student and um, having being one of the first few to have arrived, uh, especially from the Nepalese community. Right. I'm one of the oldest members of the Nepalese community here, not in terms of age, but in terms of the when we came here. Mm -hmm. So you know there was a need to guide students who are coming as well as to a need for students who are here and wanted to help their family and friends come here to study. Yep. So I saw that there was a need there and Nepal was an emerging country, a source country for Australia. Yes. And still it is one of the third, it's the third source of international students. So after China and India, Nepal is the country where most students come to study uh, in right? Australia. Is that right? So Yeah, that's surprising so to many. Yeah, so I, I didn't realise that Nepal was such a big country. How, what's the population of Nepal? Isn't it about only 10 million or something? Uh, it's, it's quite small. It's not 10 million. It's almost about 26 million. 26 million, now. is it? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. still very small compared to the likes of China and India. Yes. But, but almost 30,000 students coming in, in good times, you know, coming to Australia to study. Wow. So per capita, that's, that's quite a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So, and, and your business, Boomerang International Education Services, is helping people from these other countries as well, like from India, Sri Lanka, Kenya, Bhutan, and other countries? Yes, yes, that's correct. The largest footprint that we have is in Nepal. We yes. have five offices in various cities in Nepal. Mm -hmm. But India, obviously, being a huge country, we have one office in India, and we help students uh, come from there too, and all these other countries, we have a small office in those countries yep. as well. So Kenya in Nairobi, right. uh, Bhutan in Thimphu, Sri Lanka in Colombo, yep. likewise. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose nowadays, of course, everything's done on computers anyway. So you can actually log in from anywhere and register. So you don't really need an office, do you, as much? <laughs> yes, yes. The thing is that for students overseas, because it's, it's a big investment in the, and one of the biggest decisions, to leave one's country and you know uh, and come to go to another country to study. Yes. So parents would like to visit our office and you know we need to counsel the students quite a lot because yep. uh, as you know the fees for international students is almost anywhere between twenty to 
$40,000 a year. And yeah. that's for a four-year degree. It, it adds up. Yes. And it's a big decision. So the parents have lots of questions. The students have lots of questions. There's lots of nice. documentation to go through, even to get them through the university system. And then obviously after that, once they get accepted into the university and there's dealings with the embassy or the high commission to get their visas finalized. Yep. So, yes, although uh, in the recent times, in the last one and a half, half years, we've been dealing with students online, but in, in normal circumstances, it would be impossible without a physical office. Yep. okay. Now, the, the thing was, this business started in 2009, the boomerang. Yes. Now, as I was talking to you just before we started on air, you said that you were asked to go there to help somebody and then you saw an opportunity? Yes, yes. Is that how the business um, started? Yes, that's, that's correct. That's correct. So uh, the international education sector in Australia has been going on for a long time. Well before we started the business, many students were already come in, coming into Australia to study. And, they were, and how it works is that generally uh, when it comes to international education and international students, students come here to study English or they come to study primary, high school or diploma, which is vocational education, vocational colleges, and then there's the universities. Mm-hmm. So there are many private businesses who establish anywhere from English colleges to colleges that teach a diploma and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. there's many that exist in that environment. And one of the colleges that I knew, uh, he knew that I was from Nepal, so he uh, asked for a fiver and he said, you know, would you mind just traveling to Nepal with our marketing manager and just guiding him through, you know, traveling with him and that sort of thing. And at that time, although having come as an international student, I was not that familiar with the processes and other things, but having spent that couple of weeks in Nepal helping and guiding this college, it gave me a lot of insight into it. And me, obviously, coming from a business background, business family, and always had that business instinct. So I saw an opportunity, and and I set up an office very quickly mm-hmm. in Nepal and traveled back. And then that's how it started, yeah. Excellent. So the, the reason why I asked the question is because we're, we're here talking about happy business. We're talking about how to start a business, how to keep a business going, and what people are yeah. doing to look for opportunities. And the fact is, like you said, you just keep looking for opportunities. And you yeah. saw an opportunity and you grabbed it with both hands. So I admire that. And that's what we're talking about here because it, today, like every other day, people say, oh, you know, wow, wow, wow. They complain about every damn thing. But there's so many people like yourself and the, the people we've spoken to on the show, previous guests and our future guests, they're all the same. They're all looking for that opportunity. They're looking for what can I do next? What What's what's the benefit of this? How can I improve? And yeah. we, we've just had somebody on that said, you know, what was it? The yes, I can. You know, somebody said, can you do this? And he, when he was a young man, he'd say, he was motivated by the fact that he had good parents behind him, good family background, and he kept saying yes. And that, the fact is, yeah. I'll try it. I'll try it. Yes, I can do it. You know, that's confidence. Some, that's you know. something that was frustrating a little bit sometimes in business for me when I was doing business in China. I have a book on Chinese negotiation, yeah, and it's called When <laughs> Yes Means No, yeah. or Maybe, or yeah. Yes. <laughs> so one of the reasons why they were able to get such a huge market share in so little time is if you ask a Chinese factory, can they do something, at least, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s, the answer was always yes. You might go to a mattress factory and ask them if they can build the space shuttle. The answer would be yes. 
So yeah, yeah I just wanted to add add that in there for Peter. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to get an idea, uh, real quick. Why did you name the company Boomerang? What's the vision of the company that you have? Yes, yes. yes Is yes, the idea they're supposed one. to come to Australia and then go back to Nepal and improve? Nepal, because it's a boomerang, absolutely. or is it? Uh, absolutely, it was, absolutely. Is that the idea? That's exactly the idea. Okay. Yeah. That's and, exactly and, the idea. and I and <laughs> how does the Australian government feel about that? I mean, I, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, I have my wife is Chinese, and I've worked with a lot of international and sponsored a lot of people from overseas to work in my business in the past. And I know that the Australian government always has this perception sometimes that a lot of these people are trying to commit visa fraud. They're just trying to get into the country and never leave, and and they're not real students and all that. How challenging you're finding that? Is that getting harder and harder every year? And how are you overcoming that if it is getting more difficult? Yep, yep. That whole statement put into practice is the biggest challenge for our business and it has infiltrated the international education system so much that the universities these days are no longer just providers of education because of this government policy and this notion that every person who applies for a visa to come to come to Australia, whether it's to study or even travel, is looked at through the lens of they're guilty before it's proven. So they are deemed, uh, their decision, visa decision is based on whether they are genuine entrance or non-genuine entrance. So the visa decision is based on whether the government thinks that they will, they're coming here just to travel or study or to live here. So, you know, like, let us come back. This is one of the biggest challenges. All right. Well, I want to come back to that question because that was one of, one of the main questions we had. We got to take a break and we'll come straight back to that. All right. Thank you very much. An important announcement. The Radio Italia Uno Gala Ball set down for Saturday evening the 28th of August at the Marquet Club has been postponed due to COVID restrictions. But despite the difficulties, our community radio station is determined the event will go ahead once we lock in another date. And when we do, you will be the first to know. Our Gala Ball is one of the station's major fundraising events. We thank you for your ongoing support. Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you, so please call me. 
Anna Faruja at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. When you enter Chiera and Sons Fresh Market and Joanna's Kitchen, it feels just like home. This four-decade young, iconic South Australian business is situated in the Hollywood Plaza, Salisbury. For fresh fruit and veggies, see Tony and Frank and their wonderful staff, offering the finest produce and fine foods. And specials last all year, like the Millel Pecorono cheese, just $15.99 per kilo when you buy the entire wheel. Support a family-owned business. Drop in to their Hollywood Plaza store or call 828-33-155. That's 828-33-15. Welcome to the family. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia Uno sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to our special guest that we have today, Ashwin. And we'll come straight back to that because I just want to say thank you to all our sponsors because without our sponsors, we wouldn't have a show and we wouldn't have a station. We are a community station, Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, coming out of Adelaide. And, of course, thanks to Ron, to Podcast City. We are being podcasted all around the world. Now, what's happened is we've got Ashwin on the line And we were talking about how a lot of students come here to study from other countries, but especially Nepal. And we just found out that Nepal is one of the third largest population that come to Australia. There's Chinese, Indians and Nepalese. So that's, you know, quite interesting. And your business is based there. Now, you were talking about, just before we had to go to a break, Ashwin, you were talking about how the students that come here get vetted very closely about whether they come yes, to yes. study or come to stay? Yes, yes. So I was, without going into too much detail, I was telling you that basically when someone applies for a temporary visa, which a student visa is, mm-hmm. or even a tourist visa to come to Australia, yep. the basis on which they are granted or, or refused a visa is based on what their intention is. We need to be able to prove to the government that their intention is not to stay in Australia and their intention is to return after the purpose is met. 
So whether the purpose is to study, after the after the studies, they're supposed to go back. They're supposed okay. to tell in their application and prove in their application that they will, that they will go back. So that's, that must so that's, make it very difficult for the students when they're here and they get a job and then they apply for a permanent residency or permanent position here or something like that? How do they, yeah. how do they get across that then? Yeah, it's a bit tricky. So... Um, you will see that when they when they apply for a visa, they are told or they are supposed to prove that they don't have any intention to stay here. Mm-hmm. Okay, but once they finish their studies, especially in higher education, whether it's a bachelor degree or a master's degree for two years, yep. they're given a further two years yep. working right or three years if if they study in South Australia. Yep, and they're also given extra points for migration if they qualify. For migration, mm-hmm. because they've studied in Australia, they might even get extra point. Wow! Which you know, which is so. At first, they're told that they should not come intend to stay, <laughs> but once they study, yes, then especially in the last uh, you know many years, most students are eligible to stay back. They must meet the criteria, and they even given extra points. Yeah, because they've studied in Australia, which makes a lot so of sense. Makes- I mean, why would you educate somebody? I mean. And and want them to leave. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I mean makes... the, the, the the I mean the real benefit. I mean the whole the benefit of immigration is they're supposed to make your country stronger. And obviously, you don't you want to keep you want to get the best and brightest and get. I don't want to say you're ripping off the other country, but I mean <laughs> that's how you get ahead. I mean, you get the best and brightest to come to your country. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to spend all this money teaching them as well, and you know, educating them, and they and they're the brains trust. We need to keep them here. We need to have more and more people here. So whoever's making these decisions should be looking after Australia as much as possible. I'm a migrant. I came out here. Matt's a migrant. Please don't make the argument against immigration, people. No, I'm saying that. They, no, mine is just <laughs> encourage. Yeah. yeah, mine is encourage more immigration. I mean, I know that people say, oh, but during the 40s and the after the Second World War, especially like the end of the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, we had mass migration. You know, we had mass buildings. We had the, the way back in the 30s and the, and and 40s and you know, people were coming to Australia and grew Australia. And then all of a sudden, in the 70s or late 60s and during the 70s, we had a lot of English migrants that grew different areas of South Australia and other parts of Australia. And then after that, it sort of stopped. And for a 10, 12, 20-year period, Australia has not moved ahead very far. You know, the eastern states would just keep going and South Australia went to sleep. As far as I'm concerned, we haven't had much infrastructure or anything here. And it wasn't until the last 10 years that we've had a lot of migration of mines, if if that, you know. And a lot of the technology and that sort of stuff came from Adelaide. Some of the best technology in the world has come from Adelaide. Ashish, as as an international business person yourself, in the United States, there's a large percentage of Americans that are interested in immigration that think that Australia is somewhat of a role model for immigration because it has more of a merit-based system rather than just come in and give us your huddled masses regardless of how poor they are and so on and so forth. So, I mean, obviously yeah. there's a middle middle ground there, but what's your opinion on that, if you're comfortable giving it, on the merits of the merit-based immigration system they have in Australia? Yes, yes. Just briefly, without deeming it migration advice, but my opinion of it is that I agree with you, I totally concur with you, that the students 
who have lived here and been educated here, they know the Australian laws, they know the ways, and they're qualified. They should be encouraged to stay because they are the right age group where they can contribute straight away, start contribution to society. Mm. That's one part of our skilled migration policy is the international students. Mm -hmm. The second part is what we call skilled migrants, where it's a point-based system where people from overseas who are qualified, they get points for their age, skill, English language ability, and work experience, and they get to migrate here. Now, if you look at someone who is experienced overseas in a skill, yes, even though they might, even though they might be skilled, it will still take them a couple of years to get assimilated here, learn the Australian ways, and get into the job market. And you will see that a lot of skilled migrants, especially if they're not from a country which is same, like if they're not from Europe, whether whether Western uh, philosophy, you know, Western yeah, philosophy. Uh, yeah, many but, things are same. You know, like the legal structure or, or laws and things like that. Well, if the they're thing, coming from, they don't fit in. Yeah. The skilled migrant policy, especially the points-based system where they come directly from overseas, I think doesn't work as well as skilling those who are educated here. That is quicker, and we need, we need it to be quick. Yeah. Well, the problem is that I found, I've worked at the university with the medical students and, and doing uh, seminars and stuff like that, lectures there. When the new doctors come here from overseas, they have, literally have to do the whole course again. And even a plumber coming from England, they're not qualified in Australian plumbing. Electricians, yeah. uh, they've got different standards over there to what we have here. So they have to go and retrain. So even yeah, if you yeah. are a skilled, so-called skilled migrant, their skills aren't recognised here. That's, you know? some, that's something that I always had a challenge with, and I don't know if that's the standards are lower in other countries and Australia's are higher. I, I don't Australia's got very high standards uh, in education. Know, I don't know if I totally buy into that, but okay. But I always, <laughs> found, I always found it really funny because this is back before Uber. I would always take a taxi. And I always try to talk to everybody, learn yeah. what you can from every person in the world, you know. And, and I talk to the cab driver. I say, where are you from, sir? He'd say, China. And I say, oh, what do you, and you're an immigrant? Yep, what do you, what do you do, what did you do in China? I was a doctor. And then the next time I'd get in a cab and I'd talk to the person, I'd say, oh, where are you from, sir? Pakistan. What do you do? I have a doctorate in civil engineering. Oh, okay. And then I'd get in the next cab and I'd say, what do you do, sir? Oh, I'm from India. What do you do in India? Well, I'm working on, I finished, just finished my master's in aerospace engineering. And it seemed like every single person that was driving a taxi was smarter than me. So, I mean, and maybe that's a low bar, but the point is, is that you know, I, I, I don't, I think that these people are being underutilized. I, I don't believe that. Yeah. I, I, and I think there's an issue with them finding employment when they're on a skills visa, like you're ter- talking about. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And if we are talking about skilling, when we talk about skilling, we talk about skilling school-aged children. And that's very, very good. It's very, very important, but it will take them Along with that, if we put some resources into skilling these, you know, aerospace engineers and these IT technicians and the doctors, they're already skilled. If we spend some resources in skilling them, they'll be ready for the workforce quicker. Yeah. Well, the thing- Along with skilling our uh, youth for 10 years later, if we were to skill migrants who, enter, who come here, I think the, uh, the, the problem there is, as you rightly pointed out, they're coming as skilled migrants, but when they come here, then they're left on their own. Mm. Well, and, what, and what do you say, sorry to interrupt you, go on, go on. What, what do you say to 
the people that say these immigrants are taking jobs away from hardworking Australians and it's hurting uh, people that are Australian citizens. And what do you say to people that have that? I mean, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, what I say to them is just look at the last six months. If they were taking the jobs and then now they're not there, so there's plenty of jobs and it should be all filled. (laughs) Mm. Why are there so many vacancies? It's because there's no immigrants, whether temporary or permanent, to fill in all the jobs. You know, you look at every hospitality company is crying out. I will tell you, I'll tell you something. When the pandemic started, straight after it started, the government, one of the fastest changes in legislation was the government came up with a change in legislation which allowed international students to work full-time at Coles and Woolworth. They were never allowed to work full-time because it was said that it would affect their studies. They were only allowed to work 20 hours a week. Suddenly, because of shortage of workers, they were allowed to work 20 hours, more than 20 hours, 40 hours, 60 hours at Coles and Woolies. Then a few months later, they were allowed to work full-time in aged care centers because there were no workers. Now they're allowed to work full-time in farms. And a few few weeks ago in the radio, I was hearing someone from the cleaning industry saying that, oh, you know, it's unfair on us. The international students are being allowed to work full-time in hospitality and they're not allowed to work full-time with us. We need them to work full-time with us too. So are they taking away jobs? Are they actually sustaining? I agree uh, with what you're saying. By working. I agree with what you're saying. I've, I've worked a lot in Asia. I've worked a lot in Malaysia and through Southeast Asia. And, and I know that every country I've been to, like the, the Malaysians, for example, they have maids, you know, right? but they're not from Malaysia. They're from the Philippines or they're from Indonesia. And the, the Philippines, they have maids and they're not necessary Filipino maids. They come from Pakistan or they come from somewhere else or Uzbekistan or wherever. And I went to Italy and uh, all my relatives over there, they don't have workers on the farm. All the kids want to go to university. They want to, their cars and go partying. And so they've got people from other countries and Eastern Bloc countries coming to Europe to work in European farms. Here, we've had backpackers working on the fruit industry and the picking industry and the, and the farming industry and all around the country. Now, these last couple of years, we have not had enough backpackers. And that's the problem. And I think that Australia needs to wake up, and I'm sticking my neck out here because I'm being political as well, but I'm saying is that we have to have people come here, not just skilled people. We need to have labourers. We need to have people who are prepared to roll their uh, you know, sleeves up and get into elbow grease and doing some work. Like you said, cleaners, janitors, road sweepers, whatever. But we need those sort of workers as well because everybody's a white-collar worker. We've got no other workers we haven't got any tradespeople. We don't have enough tradespeople. We want to build more houses, but we don't have enough tradespeople. You see that a lot in the in the more affluent countries in the Middle East, basically. That's right. I mean, in in in, uh, in some of those countries, you don't have like Dubai. There, there's no Dubaians working. Or, U, or UAE. Yeah, UAE. Yeah. They they they're all foreign workers, mm-hmm. whether they're trade or not trade or just labourers. We need labourers in Australia. We need people who are ready to roll their sleeves up and do some damn work. And unfortunately, these yeah, people yeah. that say, oh, they're taking my job from you, all you do all day is sitting in a queue to get the pension or whatever, you know. You know. And I'm, I'm being very controversial here, but unfortunately, I believe that I'm right. And I've, the people that I speak to tell me that, 
that's what's happening. Too many people line up for Centrelink instead of lining up for a work line. They work up for a dole line. If they had to work for the dole, all of a sudden there'd be a change of attitude, and that's what we really need in Australia, a, a big yeah, change yeah. But, of attitude. But in addition to, in, in, in addition to just filling the job shortages, look at the economic input. Yep. Okay. We'll come now, back. Okay. We, we have to have a break, but we'll come back and talk yeah. about that change of attitude or yeah. change of intent, all right, and your economic attitude. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar stone. Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 82662280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. O'Brien Electrical Adelaide, your local electrical electrician service and responsiveness for locally owned and operated businesses their priority 263 Sturt Street in the city right alongside of Radio Italia Uno give them a call and speak with their friendly staff their number 1300 051 482 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Join me each Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, destroying victim philosophy, canceling cancel culture, and by discussing as well as listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, beliefs, business, history, world events, and more. Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM Radio Italia 1 Sito internet www.italia1.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM Ok, so we've got a, a 15 minute session now thank you very much to all our sponsors and all our supporters of Radio Italia Uno please like I keep telling you support the people that support us if you have a service or a product that you want to promote get in touch with us we're offering really 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 cheap rates at the moment we want to help all our businesses to take off and get out of COVID as fast as possible and have the best Christmas you've ever had and the only way to do that is to let people know about your services or your products and the cheapest way to do that is let us help you here Radio Italia Uno looking for as many sponsors as we can get so we can help you grow your business now we have Ashish Wagley on our, as our special guest, and Ashish is from Boomerang International Education Services, and they import students from overseas. And we were talking about the economic advantage of having students here. So, Ashish, would you tell us about that, please? Yes, yes. Obviously, there's economic advantages, but I'd also like to talk overall, you know, not just the economic, but the other advantages of having, you know, a diverse group of international students in, in the city of Adelaide as well as in Australia. So I think everyone sort of knows it, but international students pay 
three to four times the amount of fees that's paid by a local student for studying the same course at the same university taught by the same professors and they don't necessarily get anything extra. So it's not like the cost of providing services to international students is higher. Okay. So yep. to put you in context, uh, an international student coming to study a bachelor of nursing in Australia, yep. the fee is anywhere between $30,000 a year to $38,000 a year. <clears throat> and that's a three year degree. So that's 38,000. That's So they spend $115,000 just in fees. Yeah. Wow. Plus they live, they pay rent, they work part-time, they pay their taxes, they spend on groceries. You know, the grocery store creates jobs as a result of many people shopping there. The universities employ a lot more people because they're teaching hundreds of thousands of students cumulatively. The colleges, the small colleges, business like ours, restaurants, grocery stores, Everybody benefits. So it, everyone benefits. That's the economic advantage. Now we already touched on how they add value in other ways. Mm-hmm. We already discussed that. So they were like the reserves that had to come in yep. when we, we didn't have workers. Yes. Okay? So if you, go, if you think about that in detail, imagine the value that they have in, yep. the, in, in, the, in the supermarkets, in the HK sector, in the farming area, if, if, if it was not the case, how, how the legislation would have been changed. Yep. So they have a big, big impact. So it's not just the economic, it's not just what they give back. Now look at the other factors, you know, look at how vibrant our cities are, you know, with uh, a multicultural group oh, of yes, people yes. adding, adding their flavor, you know, the friendships that they develop within the community. But going back, like, you know, if you like, look at me, I came to Australia and there's thousands and millions like me in, in all over <laughs> Australia. Everyone yep. who is not a First Nations people is a migrant in Australia, right? Yes. So without these students then staying on, the whole fabric of Australia doesn't exist. And it's not just students. So they are future citizens of Australia. Mm-hmm. They are the future fabric of Australia. Well, I, uh, I believe that we need a lot more people in Australia. I honestly believe that Australia as a, as a country is too small. The population of Australia is too small. I think that we could grow like 10 times bigger than what we are and we've got that much room. We, we've got in the north of Australia and Western Australia, we've got more water there than we, we need and it's all going out to sea. Like back in the late 40s, the late 40s, early 50s, they built a dam up there and the Ord River scheme was going to irrigate all of the north of Australia, and there's enough water up there to do that. But the government decided not to worry about it and put energy into the eastern uh, states, and all of a sudden they grew really big, and the whole Ord River scheme stopped or was not going ahead with it. And it's not until in the last few years that they've started to grow it and grow it and grow it. But there's enough water up there for us to be the food bowl of the world it's just a matter of you know we've got we've got these areas they call the desert but it's not really desert because if we had water there we could irrigate all that area they just need to put a pipeline into the desert and that would become an oasis for the world that's how big our country is but the government they're only thinking of the next election they're not thinking of the the growth of the nation they're thinking of their growth of their party and unfortunately that's the problem with a lot of political parties 
and all the millionaires and billionaires that we've got, they're thinking of becoming an extra billion or extra two or three billion. They're not thinking of giving half of that money away or some of that money away for a project. They, they want to into their minds or into their business. And that's part of the, the growth of this country. And, and I think that international students is one of the best ways to grow our country. But of course, we need more international students, but we also need a lot of workers, like I was saying before. We need people who are prepared to do the work. And that's where I think that your business is, is a, a boom for us to have all these intelligent people coming and working and come up with ideas that we can use and grow our country, that's what it's really all about. So I admire what you're doing. You know? And you gotta, you got to remember, too, some of these challenges. I mean, it's better than it used to be, but a lot of these challenges are long-term. I mean, Australia had an all-white immigration policy till 1973. Yes. I mean, so, I mean, and there's huge differences that I see in attitude between 1996 and now. So I think it's heading in the right direction, but... Um, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. That's positive. There's definitely much, much, many, many positives while we are talking about, you know, all the things that we, we could improve on. But the other thing is that, you know, for the last one and a half years, although no one can help it, I don't blame the government entirely for it. I don't blame anyone for it. But as you know, for the last one and a half years, no one has come to Australia. Mm. Not, a, not a single international student has come to Australia. Of course, everyone is affected. And it looks like that is going to be the case for the next one and a half years. Yeah, well, we've had we've had students here that want to go home and can't go home. We've had uh, we've had people here that have been stuck in uh, COVID places and all the rest of it. So we've got to um, look at the future, and we this has forced everybody in the world to rethink what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they're doing it. So we've only yeah. got a couple of minutes left. What do you think is the future of international students in Australia? First of all, I think that when you stop something for such a long time then it's not just going to restart automatically. Just because mm. one day Australia decides to open its borders, yep. people will not just flow through. Yeah, I bet you that, uh, that's because something that I'm sure the government are, doesn't grasp. As, during the time we've stopped, uh, countries like America, Canada have opened their borders and they're flying in students. England, Canada, America, even countries like Japan have an international student sector, which is quite big. Many countries around the world are capitalizing on this and they've opened their borders slowly. And it's not just—it's not about opening completely the borders, but it's about, you know, at least letting some through so that yes. they can see hope. As far as we are concerned, we were selling hope for some time. Yep. We were still marketing. We we're trying to convince international students to apply and wait, but it turned out to be a lie. Again, I don't blame anyone for it. But you know, our students have now—they've stopped believing us because we've, we've been lying. Yeah, well, it's not that um, we've been lying. We've been telling them what we thought was right. Things exactly, change. Exactly. We have to take a break and we'll come straight back after this. Thank you, Ron. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. 
will listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to all our sponsors. And thank you for all the guys listening to this program today on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. And also, very important, on all the people around the world listening to us live or on our podcast. Thanks to Ron from Podcast City. We really appreciate the help that Podcast City gives our studio and this particular show, Happy Business Radio. Our special guest today is Ashish Wagley, and Ashish runs a company called Boomerang International Education Services, and you can look it up. And, of course, anything to do with student migration and importing people from Nepal, India, Sri Lanka, Kenya, and, of course, Bhutan, and anybody else that needs help, Get in touch with Ashish and he'll be able to help you. Now, we so, were talking about, Matt, you have a question. So, Ashish, obviously, COVID has knocked your business around quite a bit, working with international students. What what way do you see yourself riding out the rest of this storm or perhaps even turning a challenge into a triumph in your business? 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a bit hard and it's very hard to innovate in our business, especially without the borders opening, because the main goal is for students to come here to study on campus. So without the borders opening, I think we have almost stretched to the limit. It's been one and a half years. The next semester starts in February and in February, I don't think the borders are going to open. So talking about reality, I don't think new students will come to Australia for at least one, one and a half years. So unfortunately, I don't have any solution for our business at the moment other than just maybe pack it up in a cotton wool and put it in a box. No, I tell you, you all right, let me give you an idea. You know how we have just announced that the Olympic Games are going to be in Brisbane in 32, right? So in other words, we are already starting to work towards the next Olympic Games, all right? What you have to do now for your business is not worry about the grade 6s and grade 7s students. You should start advertising and talking to the students in grade 1 and 2, grade 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 because by the time they get to 7 and 8 and 9 and 10, then they'll be coming to university. So a lot of people advertise for students to go to uni. But I think that I'll give you an idea. You start advertising to the grade 5s and 6s now, by the time they get to grade 7, 8, 9 or 10, they'll be wanting to go international to to study. So it's like what we have to do now, we've got to get to the 8, 9s and 10-year-olds so that by the time they're 18, 19 and 20, they'll be going to the Olympic Games, right? So it's the same thing in sport and in education. You've been advertising to the year 8s, 9s and 10s to try and get them to go to uni. you just got to start advertising a couple of years younger and that will grow your business. So you won't have to spend as much money, but you start advertising Boomerang to the grade 6s and 7s by the time another three years' time that they're in year 10, that's when you want them to register to come to Australia. That's a great long-term strategy, but he's not the government where he can just spend money he doesn't have. No, I appreciate more. that. He's got to come up with something that's going to help him get through this this storm. I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that's an awesome strategy, and he's got to prepare himself for this huge deluge of clients that yeah. he's going to get. But hopefully he's thinking about how he's going to ride through to get to that huge deluge. Yeah, look, I appreciate that. It's like a farmer has to plant a tree and wait seven years before you get a full crop. Like a, somebody has to plant a, a tree and wait till it grows so you can pick the fruit. This is the same thing. I mean, unfortunately, you, you have to do what you have to do. But to close shop and cotton ball it now, I think you're putting in the wrong cotton balls. You should put a little bit of seed in that younger age group. It's like what we have to do for the Olympics. In Australia, they're having non-competitive sports that's ridiculous if we're going to run a a olympic game where we want to make more medals and we want to have athletes who uh compete we're just giving them participation medals so you know you've got to get your participation medals ready you've got to get set your steps in place now so uh, all i'm saying is thank you so much for coming on we appreciate your time. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. And I know it's hard for you and your business at the moment, but even at hard times, you it's like uh, John Nangatia, which is one of your partners, he said to me, people pray for rain, they pray for rain, but they never dig the ditches. They never dig the holes. They never dig the wells. So you dig the wells now. When the rain comes, they'll fill them up. You put the dam in place, the dam will be full when the rain comes. But if you don't dig the dam now, damn you, 
<laughs> in America, <laughs> say, we say be a rainmaker. So yeah. I hope you can do that. I I don't envy your position, but I'm sure that you're yeah. you're somebody that's motivated, <laughs> dedicated, and will figure out a way forward. Ashish, thank you for yes, coming on. Give my regards to John and the rest of your family and good luck with the business. And like I said, if you want some more advice, let me know. Matt's got, yeah, a, thank you very much. Matt's got a bucket full of advice. <laughs> thank you very much. Some of it's even good. Yeah. Some. I've got a bag full of advice some. here, so you know, we can pick something up for you. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you to Ron. And until next time, thank you and goodbye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.